Okay, so we've been talking about the, the 12 links of dependent arising that describe how we uh, were born in, you know, how we take re rebirth, how we live, how we die, how we get reborn again and again in cyclic existence. And so the purpose of this teaching is to put us in touch with our own experience, to help us look at our lives in, in a very drastically different way than we've ever done before. And to see what we're experiencing now is a, you know, part of a cycle of many, 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 many lifetimes. And explicitly it's taught to help us generate a sense of disgust and boredom for being in a dysfunctional situation, like we were talking about last time. You know, it's taught so that we overcome our denial and we, we recognize kind of what's going on and recognize that we're capable of a higher level of happiness and that the happiness that's found within cyclic existence is is fraught with all sorts of difficulties and problems. So what's the use of um, hankering after it when it just becomes a disaster again? Okay, so it's really, this teaching is really helping us to, to generate a very strong wish to free ourselves from cyclic existence. That's called determination to be free. Sometimes it's translated as renunciation when you read different books. I don't like the term renunciation because it gives you the feeling like you have to, you know, um, renouncing the world and moving to the cave, you know. Um, and that that isn't what it means. That's why I don't like the term renunciation. What you're doing is you're determining to free yourself. Okay, you're saying that you have a higher level, you're, that you have the capability to experience a higher, more lasting level of happiness than is presently occurring. So you're determining to be free from just all the confusion of this life and future lives okay? and to attain liberation. And then by extension, when we look at other beings, we see them as also caught in similar cycles of existence. And so that's when compassion arises for them, wanting them to be free of that as well and attain liberation. Okay? So instead, I mean, it's a much further, a deeper um, meaning of compassion. It's not just, oh, the people don't have food and clothes. But it's, you know, I mean, look at this basic situation of getting born, getting sick, getting old, and dying. You know, it doesn't matter how rich you are. You're still in that situation, and, and it's not fun for anybody. You know? And so it's very helpful, I think, um, when we have problems. It's like, you know, we have some problem in our life, and it just seems like so overwhelming. I mean, the most incredible thing happened at work today, and I'm going berserky. Okay, you think you have problems, you should listen to mine. Um, yeah? And then, if we just stop for a minute and think about the 12 links and think about just this whole process of being under the influence of anger, attachment, and ignorance, and by that being pushed again and again to take rebirth after rebirth, then we realize actually what's bothering us about what happened at work isn't really so important. And in fact, actually conflicts like that we should ex we should expect because we are in cyclic existence. But what's really important is to free ourselves from cyclic existence. Okay? And so it puts daily life problems in a much different perspective 
so that they don't overwhelm us. Because we see that in comparison to the whole situation, that problem isn't so so big, you know. And it gives us instead some impetus to practice good ethical conduct and concentration and wisdom to free ourselves from the whole situation. Okay? So it's very useful that way. And then similarly, when you're also when you're having a problem with another person and you're like super duper angry. I mean, I remember one time Lama Sopa was teaching this in um, when, when I was living in France, and there was one person at the center there. I was having so much problem. I mean, obviously, I was right and she was wrong, and she just really didn't get it, um, and was driving me totally crazy. And then Rinpoche started kind of teaching about this and teaching about, you know, sentient beings getting born and getting old and getting sick and dying. And all of a sudden, I looked at that person who I was so upset with and just recognized, wow, this is some sentient being who's getting born and getting sick and getting old and dying all under the influence of disturbing attitudes and karma. You know, kind of this completely out-of-control process. And all of a sudden, I couldn't be angry at her anymore. Because it was just, I mean, look at the situation she's in. Look at the situation I'm in. What What's there, you know, to be angry at her about? So it's very useful, you know, very applicable for, for daily life problems. Okay, now, when we go through these 12 links, um, I, I should prepare you. Nobody prepared me, okay? But one of the, the best slogans... I think it's Sharpa Rinpoche gave it, that symmetry is stupid. Okay? So you just have to keep that in mind, that symmetry is stupid. And when we talk about the ignorance, you know, of the 12 links and the karma of the 12 links, when we later go in and describe what ignorance is and what karma is and what consciousness is, the things we describe aren't necessarily the things that, that always apply to the heading. Okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll make some examples as we go on to it, okay? So the first of the 12 links is ignorance. And this is the source of this whole cycle of death and rebirth, okay? So this is the chief thing. So ignorance, the definition, is the wrong view of the transitory collection which newly motivates that set of 12 links in that set of 12 links, the second branch, which is formative action. Okay, so I know it sounds like gobbledygook. Um, do you remember when we were studying the mental factors and we had that mental factor, the wrong view of the transitory collection? Okay, that's the one that looks at the aggregates of the body and mind or that looks at the relatively existent self and instead says, ah, oh, there's a real solid inherent person there you know there's a real me yeah something really here really to be defended really to be protected self-existent independent inherent okay so that's the wrong view of the transitory collection it's called transitory collection because this collection of the body and mind the five aggregates okay those are that's the transitory collection it's the wrong view because doesn't see them accurately, and it, it makes an inherently existent self on top of that. OK, 
Okay, so you know when you get really angry? Yeah, I mean, when you get really angry or really jealous, when you really want something desperately, stop and check up how you feel the I exists, the self exists. And that's the wrong view of the transitory collection. That real strong feeling of I-ness, me-ness, solidity. Okay? So, this, when we're talking about one set of 12 links, the ignorance that is this one set of 12 links is that ignorance that because we believe in an inherently existent person, that then makes us act, let's say, out of anger or attachment or jealousy or pride or, you know, something else, um, or even makes us act out of um, faith and compassion, but still seeing everything as solidly existent. And so it creates the second link, which is formative action or karma. Okay? So that's the ignorance of the 12 links. Ignorance in general, okay, now we're moving from the ignorance of the 12 links to ignorance in general, has two kinds. We have the ignorance, which is this wrong view of the transitory collection, okay, um, which is ignorance of the ultimate truth or ultimate reality. And then we have ignorance regarding karma or actions and their effects, which is when either when we don't believe, you know, that our actions bring results or when we just kind of disregard that. Yeah, and don't have, we just disregard it and, and don't live our life according to it. Okay, so when we have the ignorance that grasps at the, at the, you know, the inherently existent self, with that kind of ignorance we can create good karma or bad karma or neutral karma. Okay? And with, do you, do I, do you want me to make examples? Okay. With, under the, we could still have the ignorance which grasps at an inherently existent self, and create negative karma or positive karma or neutral karma. Okay, for example, if I make an offering on the altar and I'm thinking there's a real me and there's a solid Buddha and there's a solid apple and everything's solid, you know, but I still have an attitude of like real generosity and I want to make offerings and want it to benefit others. It's a virtuous attitude, but my whole way of looking at the situation is still making everything concrete. But I'd still be creating positive karma. Okay? And But then, when we have the ignorance that um, doesn't understand karma and its effects, then with that, we tend to create negative karma. Because um, we, you know, we're not living our life with this kind of regard for cause and effect. So it could either be like a really overt misconception like, um, well, yeah, it's fine to lie and cheat just as long as I don't get caught. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing unethical about it. You know, it's only unethical if I get caught. 
you know, that kind of thing that says, you know, I can do anything I want. It's not going to have any kind of ramifications in future lives or any other time. Or it can just be even, um, you know, like a disregard for cause and effect, just not paying much attention to it. Kind of like, well, yeah, I, I know this is kind of negative karma, but it really doesn't matter. You know, it's just a small thing. And we do that all the time, don't we? I do. True confessions. Um, <laughs> okay. So, it, this is why developing the wisdom that realizes emptiness is so important. Because it's only this wisdom that realizes emptiness that can cut the ignorance from the root. If you cut the ignorance from the root, then all the other you know, complications don't arise. Yeah, can we so far? Yeah, so when, to relate this back when we're talking about, you know, subtle mind and everything like that, the very, the clear light mind itself is a pure nature. The ignorance is like, you know, the clouds on the sky. It's not, the clouds and the sky aren't the same thing. So we can remove the ignorance, we still can leave, you know, the clear light nature of the mind. And so that's what becomes a Buddha. And that's, you know, again, why we should, you know, it gives us a solid basis for self-confidence when we're in touch with that, because we recognize that in spite of the ignorance and everything else that's going on, there is this clear light nature of the mind that's present that can be revealed and made manifest and purified. Okay. Oh, also, when I made those outlines, I put the definition, which is, you know, what I just read. And then Lama Yeshi, once when he uh, taught it, he gave these other sentences, which I included, because they seemed so kind of, uh, they reminded me of Lama, and they were so kind of clear. So he said, imperfect superstition brings all the wrong fantasy view and is the obstacle to discovering perfect wisdom. Ignorance makes transmigrating beings deluded because it obscures seeing the right view. So imperfect superstition, that's what Lama used to call ignorance. Okay? Um, and he also called our anger and our attachment and, all you know, belligerence and spite and all these things. He also called them superstition. Yeah? Because, uh, you know, all we Westerners went trotting up to Copan and Nepal, and we're not superstitious, you know. Um, and the Lama said, you bet. Because <laughs> uh, he, because what superstition? Superstition is when you believe something exists that doesn't exist. Yeah? So when we believe that there's a solid concrete person, but it doesn't exist, that's another way to say superstition or hallucination. When we believe that there's a solidly existent person who's completely evil, who's our real enemy, that's superstition. Okay. So that brings all the wrong fantasy view. That superstition, that ignorance, the wrong fantasy view of ignorance and attachment. And we can see when we have, I mean, anger and attachment, we have anger and attachment, all the other disturbing attitudes, that that is an obstacle to discovering perfect wisdom, right? And so that ignorance makes transmigrating beings, in other words, 
beings who go through this series of 12 links, getting born and old and sick and dying, it makes us deluded because it obscures us seeing the right view, the right view, the reality, how things are. So he's really talking about the disadvantage of ignorance here. The ignorance is the ascent. It's the grasping onto that. The imprint of the ignorance is just the appearance. Okay, but our ascent to it, it's like things appear inherently existent, but then we buy into it. Yeah. An analogy would be, you know, dream objects appear in dreams, but then we think they're real people, they're real dream things. So it's the thinking that it's real. That's the ignorance. But both things actually need to be purified on the path, but they're purified at different levels. Okay? Everybody fine? So you can see why it's symbolized by a blind person on the drawing, because when we're ignorant, we're blind. We don't see, we don't understand things. We don't understand who we are. We don't understand how we exist. We don't understand how phenomena exist. We completely misinterpret stuff and hallucinate all the time. 